Talkward, cringeworthy tales. And now, your host, weekly humorist, editor-in-chief, Marty Dundix. Hi, and welcome to Talkward. I'm Marty Dundix, editor-in-chief of Weekly Humorous Magazine, and this is Talkward, a fun little podcast where professionally funny people come to tell awkward and cringeworthy stories. I'm super excited for my guest today. He's a good friend and uh, part of the comedy writing community here in New York City. The very talented, funny James Folta is here. Hello. Hey, James Folta. Happy Halloween. We're here on Halloween. I know. Spooky episode of Talk Word. Very scary. Very scary. Um, You had a fun uh, steampunk top hat that we tweeted out there from... My uh, my own collection of costumes that are always hanging up here in the Weekly Humorist offices, because uh, you didn't have a costume on, James Fulton, no, on Halloween. I did, no, I didn't. I um, I peaked pretty early. When I was about seven, I dressed as a camera, and I was a Minfolta, and it had a working... Ah! Yeah, pretty good. That's great. And it had a working flash, too, which my mom helped me rig up. That's fantastic. It was like a little push-button flash, and it was uh, really... You know, I peaked very early, and since then it's just sort of been. It's always, um, I, you know, that that those impressive costumes when you were younger were always like the the kid who was like a really smart nerdy engineer computer type would make like you'd be a robot, but then like stuff would work on the costume, right. which was really impressive. You're like, whoa, all these things actually. And then um, he probably spent all year making that. Yeah, for sure. For, to feel started... cool for one day. And someone was like, that's really cool, man. He was like, yeah, Chad called me cool. <laughs> it was definitely something that I started thinking about from the beginning of the school year. I remember like riding the school bus. I have a very distinct memory, actually, of like third grade riding the school bus to the first day of school and being like, okay, guys, <laughs> what's the Halloween plan? Um, so I was like very jazzed on it. But I will say being a Minfolta was um, extremely unwieldy um, because it was a big, it was like a big box, like yeah. as wide as my wingspan. They're really, the the clever nerdy costumes were never easy to wear. Mm-mm. They were always like really uh, difficult. You go trick or treating and you take, yeah, you gotta take half of it off while you're walking in between the houses. Yeah, I remember when I was uh, trick or treating. Um, uh, uh, one of the guys who was trick-or-treating with us, we were younger at this, but we had to have been like elementary school, sixth grade, fifth grade, something like that. And the, the kid we were trick-or-treating with was the Empire State Building. Great. And it was a great costume, but he had to take the, like the entire, he was completely covered. The thing was like seven feet tall. Was his face sticking out of the front of he it He had or a something? very small That's face great. hole, but he would take the entire thing off to walk in between the houses because it was so hot and heavy and it was like wood. Yikes. It was, it was oh impractical. God. It was very impractical. Somebody's dad was an architect. Yeah, somebody just like weighed this kid down. Yikes. My dad loved, uh, he was very upset when I stopped wanting to go trick-or-treating with him because he would go with my red wagon and he would have a mobile bar cocktail <laughs> spread and he had like a chafing dish with cocktail weenies wow and a full bar liquor and beer and wine wow and he would wear a dracula How big cape. was this wagon it was like a typical radio flyer okay. red, little red wagon and he would um wear a dracula cape and a tuxedo great and he would just walk with this thing as we were trick-or-treating. All the other neighborhood dads would roll with us. And it was just this rolling party. That's great. And they were all just like boozing it up, having a grand old time. And we Damn. were just like, we were the side thing happening. Right. We weren't the main event. Right. And uh, when I didn't want to go trick-or-treating with him anymore, just trick-or-treating period, he was so upset. He was like, can I? That's my thing. Now I have to drink at home? Now I got to, yeah. Like, this is like my mobile bar unit. <laughs> that it was, is a really good gimmick. Yeah. I great. love that. 
Like if you and it was great because the way that my old neighborhood, a lot of neighborhoods aren't like this. The kids have to grow up in it, but we were lucky. Where it was a very enclosed neighborhood. It was called Berrywood. It was very suburban, and it was it was basically a round circle, and then within the circle, many different little mm. roads that connected, and little gotcha. courts, and lo- but it was ultimately like this uh, safe zone. Huh. And in the middle was the community uh, pool and tennis courts and oh, playground damn. and woods. So it's like you could be within this the borders of this circle and be safe ish. Right. Sure. And that's the kind of thing that I feel like kids don't have today because uh, they ha- they're constantly being uh, helicopter parented. But we would go out for until like nine or like nine thirty when the when the lights came on. I had to come home on, in the summers. Wow. we'd be gone all day. Yeah, I and remember that too. Just getting on my bike and heading out. Bike. Yeah, yeah. loved it. It was very like uh, Stranger Things. Yeah, it's so nostalgic. Yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, just get on my bike, get on your huffy, and you're gone for the day, having an adventure. <laughs> No get one checked on in. Hobby. Yeah. No, no cell phones. No, no one had I... any idea where I was, and it yeah. didn't matter. I loved that. I did too. I li- I grew up along the Hudson River, just upstate here, and it was like we would definitely go down to the river, like catch fish, throw rocks, like all that, you know, Tom Sawyer bullshit. It was yeah. really fun. Have an adventure. Yeah, that was great. Play pirates or whatever in the woods. Yeah. Be looking for something. Make yeah. maps. Like we would bury stuff and then mark oh it, God, and then forget so about stuff. it, and then. I remember my sister buried her favorite, I think it was like her stuffed animal or something, and she buried it somewhere as like a game and then forgot about it. And it like upended our household for like a week Ah. because she could not find her beloved stuffed whatever. And it was just this thing that she'd done to herself. Buried her. You buried it. Buried her own best friend, you know? You buried that Cabbage Patch Kid alive. Real Edgar Allan Poe shit, you know? Just scraping at the box. (laughs) Like, let me out. (laughs) Out, out, damn spot. (laughs) Um, This is fun. But yeah, I don't have a costume this year, unfortunately. Uh, Costumes are so much fun, but I mean, I'm old now, so it's like, you gotta have a... Like, we're in an office, so it's fun to be in like an office environment in Halloween because people do get dressed up. There's a great... Upstairs, I saw on the elevator this guy was wearing a space suit with a cowboy hat. He was a space cowboy. Okay. It's great. It's right. a great costume. That's fun. There's a hippie. That one extra step. Um, Alexis in this PR agency down the hall is a f- great hippie. She has a great, great hippie costume on today. Um, there's been a couple of good costumes, but like there's a part. I think there's the thing downstairs in the mailroom club tonight. So there is like a Halloween party, um, but not so much spookiness going on here today yeah it doesn't it feels a lot of business as usual instead of spookiness yeah, usually there special. is in past years we've had a lot of spookiness in this building but today it's kind of kind of quiet the problem is i work from home so it would really just be me dressing up for myself and my girlfriend and you dressing up you putting on pants that could be a costume that kind of was you know today. yeah <laughs> that sort of was kind of my big change today i got a pumpkin we got a pumpkin did you carve it not yet. Okay. Not yet. Uh, we got a couple hours left. Do, I'll probably do that today. <laughs> it <laughs> uh, is Halloween. I'm trying to think up the right design, you know? I really got to... Don't I've overthink been, the pumpkin. I've been drafting some stuff, uh, trying to come up with some good ideas, and then, you know, you can only carve once. You can't uncarve the pumpkin. You can't. That's true. You could flip goes. it around. Yeah, you could probably flip it around, but then, you know, it's going to collapse. You're cutting through most of the meat there. But what, I do got to get to those. Are seeds. you thinking of like a? Are you, trying, are you trying to come up with like a clever idea? Like Mm-mm. you, comedy writers, you're always trying to be so <laughs> clever. So maybe you're, you're looking for like a pun. Yeah. Like a punkin. Oh God. Well, you know, actually, speaking of, got a jet. 
Oh, is this That's over? my cue. <laughs> yeah, that joke was so bad. I gotta go. It's a punkin, guys. Everybody get that? Everyone listening at home, get that? Okay. Uh, cool. I, you know, I, I would probably just do like a pretty typical little pumpkin guy. Yeah. Um, though I could do. I don't know. I guess I could do something interesting. I truly haven't thought about it. I also bought the pumpkin last night because mm. I was walking by my grocery store and was like, you know what? Was it like a runty pumpkin, like a leftover pumpkin? Yeah, it was. Uh, it was definitely on sale. It was for sure on sale. <laughs> so I don't know how how uh, carvable it's gonna be. It might have. The might second have you of... break into it, you're out of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like at the time gonna... you're in the front, you're already in the back. It's gonna be like a shitty avocado, <laughs> just too soft and rotten. Or it's completely desiccated, and as soon as I hit it, it's just going to collapse into yeah. orange dust. Yeah. The sad part of, I mean, post-Halloween in New York City, you just see these rotting pumpkins mm-hmm. for, like, weeks. You see these rotting yep. pumpkins. So Somebody's until, like, November it. 20th, there's going to be yeah. some just, like, fucked up, gross, moldy, rotten, oh, yeah. half-squirrel-eaten pumpkin. My favorite is when you get early snow, and yeah. it buries some of the pumpkins, and then in, like... April when it melts, you see just the most disgusting yeah. orange brown yeah. smear on the sidewalk. It's lovely. I love this city. It's the most wonderful time of the year. <laughs> New York City. When the pumpkins come back. The holidays. The pumpkins are back. The surest sign of spring. You see a little bit of that orange peeking out, <laughs> and it's not not a fresh pumpkin. Uh, but yeah, I'll probably just be carving a self portrait on my pumpkin. That's good. You know, now that I think about it. Just kind of make it my own. <laughs> yeah, like get it up against myself in yeah, the mirror. Yeah, uh, a Folta pumpkin. A, f- a funkin. Fumpkin. Fumpkin. Foltkin. Foltkin. James Jamskin. Yeah, James Jamskin. Um, maybe uh, like a Jord, like a James Gord. Yeah. Squash. Some of squash. Squashed. It's okay. I'll wait for the joke we'll to figure happen. It out. I'll tweet it. Got to work later. on that. <laughs> I know. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm wasting so much time doing this podcast. I got to be conceptualizing and then executing a pumpkin. We could call it a puncast. <laughs> it's not going to stop. <laughs> um, you have a lot of exciting things happening because uh, you're one of the co-founders of the Satire and Humor Festival, which was a gigantic success in March of this year. Uh, you had your first one with uh, Tulio and Caitlin Kunkel and you. And uh, it was at Caveat for the majority of it, mm-hmm. and the Magnet. Magnet. Yeah, workshops at Magnet. And what do you? What's the big surprise that's happening in November, James? So we just confirmed that we're doing a mini version of the festival in Chicago. We partnered with the Second City, and they gave us a bunch of space. And so we're doing from Friday, November twenty second, through Sunday, November twenty fourth. We're doing a bunch of events. And the more I'm seeing it, it's a pop up. But honestly, it's it's the full festival mm-hmm. of its own. In Chicago, it's yeah. getting bigger and bigger, and you're like, "Well, this is just another festival. It's great." Yeah, we ba- we you're going to start doing them a couple times a year. We, <laughs> I mean, we next are next one's going to be in LA. Yeah, well, we're t- we're looking at LA. We'd love to do something in LA. We'd like to go to some places that, um, you know, have smaller things going on. There's some some cool humor stuff. Apparently, I'm told going on in Miami. And that could be a fun place to spend a weekend. Definitely in the sun. pick nice places you're yeah. to go. <laughs> yeah. Be like, we really want to go to Cleveland. <laughs> no, we don't. Comedy <laughs> in Paris, baby. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, Chicago's coming up in almost exactly or less than a month now. Um, Exciting. It'll be really fun. Yeah. yeah. So we're doing workshops, panels, 
shows, all sorts of fun stuff. What's been announced for the panels? Um, we are doing one that will be similar to the event we did at Kickstarter earlier this year okay. about creating independent comedy. I enjoyed that. Yeah, that was a good one. So we're going to try to do it again, but with some um, local folks mm-hmm. explaining what they're working on. So mm-hmm. we're going to have some folks from um, Omnarchy, which is a really cool satire mm-hmm. site. Uh, we'll have some folks. From that's Cape- the one that's kind of dystopian. Yeah, yeah. it's like, uh, I guess the elevator pitch would be like, it's um, like the onion set in a post-apocalypse um that's funny it's very fun yeah it's like a super clean premise it's really great um and they have a ton of talented writers um and we're also probably have folks from paper machete which is like a live magazine is what they call it Mm -hmm. um and it's a weekly show it goes out as a podcast as well and it's really funny um probably some people from the onion click hole world as well probably some folks from uh cards against humanity they're uh, based out there. Yeah. Um, and I got a lot of friends who write or have written for them. Um, and they're obviously all very funny. Now, when you're writing for Cards Against Humanity, what are you writing? You're writing game cards? I think so, yeah. Okay. I'm actually not. It's a good question to bring up <laughs> at the event. Um, I'm not so exactly the first sure question, how it works. So what exactly do you guys write? What the and fuck how, is going on here? How are you here? <laughs> yeah. Aren't you a board game? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we are. I think they do, like, booster packs and stuff. Yeah, they add stuff on. And they do fun, uh, like, every year they do a fun, like, gimmick and whatever. Yeah. Um, and, or uh, not a gimmick. That's probably sounds belittling. No, they do a uh, gimmicky website. Yeah, they do, like, a fake website or, like, a satire we thing. We were up against them. Weekly Humorous was up against them for a Webby this mm. year. We were up against The Daily Show, Funny or Die, College Humor, Weekly Humorous, and then Cards Against Humanity. And I was like, And I was like, what, what, are, they, what are they in here for? There's their board game, yeah. but they had done a really funny kind of um, one-off silly website that was like a Black Friday sale oh, that's joke right. website, yeah. and that's what they were in for. And yeah, was, they do they do those like a couple times a year, and so yeah. I think like that's probably what people work. It's great on. marketing, yeah, gets a lot of attention. And they're such like fun, smart people. Yeah, um, and I got to imagine, you know, there's only only so many cards you can release in a year. Yeah, prove me wrong. Well, I mean, people play that game so often, it yeah. it would get... Like, if you keep playing Trivial Pursuit, you're going to know all the answers. Right. 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 So you have to kind of stay fresh as an old medium. But, you know, they could become... Like, is there an app for Cards Against Humanity? I'm not where sure. It's no Another longer a card. It's a virtual question. card. There's probably something. I got to imagine. Because you could do Heads that. Up. You could play Heads Up forever, right? Yeah. Because it's digital. They can always be coming up with new things. They just add them into your app. Yeah, that's true. But Cards Against Humanity to buy something. Yeah. Which I think you know, people, I think people still like that kind of stuff. It's great. You gotta you gotta sell something. Yeah, totally. As long as they have a physical product, which is great. Yeah. In this day and age, actually have a physical product that people buy. Yeah, and people love it. I mean, they do love, love it. Love that game. Um, but yeah, so that's gonna be one of the events we're doing. Um, a version of the evening of humorous readings that we do here in New York, which, which will are be wonderful. really fun. Um, I love those shows. You just had one. Um, with a great line. You always have a great lineup. But, I mean, McSweeney's just had theirs. It was, like, three days before yours. Yeah. That was a busy, like, four days it of was. comedy shows. Because Be- it was the McSweeney's thing, and then the great week for women was the next day. It was on Sunday. And then Monday there was a break, and then yep. there was Tuesday was you again. Yep. It, it was, was very busy. It was busy. Busy for the uh, for the uh, humor reading circuit. Yeah. These are people that don't leave the house. No. And they're forced to three <laughs> times sudden, in four like, days. Like, how many things do I have to go to? <laughs> I don't even have that many shirts. Yeah. I didn't uh, do laundry. Yeah, I just wore the same thing I over and over again. Everyone yeah, notices. I smelled. I just don't change my... If you keep it... Cons- if you're like a cartoon character, yeah. which is 
as you get older, you realize you don't have to change your look. You pick one look. Like, I have, like, eight pairs of pants and eight V-neck sweaters, like, lightweight V-neck sweaters that okay. I wear every day. There's a different color, but it's the same clothes. <laughs> it's like a very Charlie Brown or Calvin and Hobbes. Like, it's just the same thing. It's fine. It's like a Bart Simpson. It's like picking your character in an old video game. Yeah. Where, like, it just has the same shirt. You it's just an avatar. Between different colors. I'm just living my out. Av- yeah. <laughs> Am I light blue or light, light blue right. today? Let's okay. Take the choice out of it. You know, I don't have time. I think Obama talked about that. He wore almost the exact same thing every day. Yeah. Take out the choice. Especially Steve Jobs did that. A lot of those tech guys, that's their big thing. Um, I knew a guy who just the, the had... Bl- the white... bad blood lady who made up her entire business, copied it off oh, of Steve Jobs. that's right. The bad blood lady. Whatever her name was. <laughs> something. Elizabeth Holmes. Holmes, yeah. Holmes. Yeah. Holmes, yeah. That was some very bad blood. You are right. <laughs> did you read that book? I didn't read the it's book. Wild. but I uh, The HBO thing was good, too. HBO thing was really good. And the yeah. podcast was really good, too. We read that for book club, and it's uh, <laughs> just like, how much? I mean, she made up so much. And everyone was like, yeah, yeah, it sounds great. It's <laughs> like, insane. What? It's yeah. insane. I mean, people wanted it so bad. Yeah. They wanted it to be true so, so bad. Yeah. Because it seems like it could be true, and it will be true. Yes. But she, did, but she didn't do it. Yes. You know, but yeah. someone will do it. Hopefully. It, just, it did not happen, but it will happen. I think so. I can imagine a weird little printer. Yeah. That's printing out like new blood for me or something. Sure. I mean, they can print like, you know, organs soon. They're going to be, they'll be printing ears. Oh my God. Have you seen the ears that they've been growing on the back of mice? Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I want a mouse I want with a, an ear. I want a mouse with an ear and then I want to pierce it and oh, put some great. cool, you know, studs in there. I want to send Or put mine. one of those, what are those fat things that the baristas have oh, in their ears? plugs. Plugs. Put yeah. some plugs in that mouse's ear, make great. it cool. Do all the fun stuff with a mouse's ears that you could never do. I would never do that yeah. to my own ear. Are you kidding me? <laughs> but a mouse's ear. Um, did you see the, the the rats that they put in the cars? Yes. Amazing. I loved that. And they were like parallel parking. Like, what is this mouse? He's like, well, I got to get over there and get the cheese. They're just so smart. I feel like that was more shocking for people who don't live in New York and haven't seen like the weird gymnastics that yeah. these guys get up to. Yeah. I've definitely seen rats. I feel like I've seen rats driving cabs. Like, I feel like <laughs> I've seen a rat move a cab so that it could get access to some really juicy trash. That's hilarious. Yeah, that that was a fun little rat car, too. It was great. I was like, that's a good... Is it solar powered? Can we get some of those made? Is Man, Elon Musk on that? If I was a scientist, that's definitely the kind of stuff I'd be up to, where I'd be, like, going in front of my thesis advisor or whatever panel and be like, I'm going to build uh, rat cars. Rat cars. Get the rats to drive around. Yeah. Uh, and we'll figure out the science later. <laughs> we'll figure out the the boundaries of yeah, what yeah. their new civilization is going to be yeah. later. Yeah. Just give them like they have their own little country, Ratopia. They're yeah. gonna be at, they're gonna have a king. It's gonna be fine. It's gonna be great. It feels yeah. like there should be. They're gonna overthrow us. It'll be great. Give them like ten years. Like how quickly that rat <laughs> learned how to drive a car. Oh my God. We're done. I know. Then in the cockroaches, man. Yeah. They're going to outlive us all. Definitely. They can have it, to be honest. Yeah. We've ruined it. We've ruined it. We've done nothing good, except for this podcast. Please keep listening. Absolutely keep listening. Also, um, this podcast is sponsored by Cartoon Collections. For all your cartoon licensing needs, for textbooks, gifts, websites, and more, go to cartooncollections.com. Okay, that's my own plug. Hey, they're great. It's like Bob Eckstein and all those guys. Yeah, it's all I the forgot. New Yorker guys. Yeah. It's all the Esquire guys. It's all the Playboy, old Playboy magazine cartoons. Wow. And they're all in this one spot. Weekly Humorous is in there. That's great. They represent us. It's Bob Mankoff, who is a big deal. Big name. Um, super nice guy. 
so smart. Yeah, he's really cool. Um, and we we hung out for the first time. It was his, uh, I think it was his seventy fifth birthday, oh, yeah. and we went to a comedy show for Botnik Studios. Oh yeah, they're doing really cool stuff. Which Speaking he's, of robots, he's a and part stuff. of. It's yeah. this AI comedy writing thing. Yeah, so interesting. Really cool stuff. And um, we saw like a live show. Uh, Jessica Delfino's involved with it too, and uh, Amy Barnes. He's out of Chicago, yeah. I believe. And it was it was like a whole sitcom script written by a bot, by AI, and it was performed by humans, and it was like a stereotypical sitcom written by a computer, and the jokes worked, but everything was really mean. Like, it huh. was mean. Interesting. And it makes you think, huh, that's funny, but... The robots are going to kill us, and they're mad at us. Like they do have a personality, and it is a angry personality. <laughs> How did it work? Did they just feed it a bunch of sitcom scripts, yeah. and then it used that as the source and yeah. then generated? Yep. Very interesting. It also generated a script of Game of Thrones Great. that they acted out live. Great. They also the sitcom had a theme song written by the AI oh, that was really God. funny. It was called Family Show. <laughs> that was the name of the sitcom, Family Show. That's too perfect. It was amazing. That is like the absolute, just sort of lowest common denominator of all things that are common between sitcoms. Welcome back to Family Show. Film before a studio audience. (laughs) Film before a live audience of iPads. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, So you're a big time comedy writer. You're in The New Yorker. Sure. Uh, You're in American Bystander. Uh, yes, I think, I don't think I've had something in since issue five, but yeah, I've, I've, I've been in a bunch of things. Yeah. Uh, McSweeney's. Yep. Uh, what haven't you been in that you are trying to get in? What's that next, what's the next thing? Or is the next thing now the festival and stuff like that? Yeah. I mean, I think maybe writing a book, like what do you want to do? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I honestly, for the longest time I was trying to crack Mad Magazine. Uh, it's funny that you couldn't crack that. Yeah. I was Not that it's hard to get in there, but it, there's a lot of overlap yeah, totally. between all the different publications you've already been in. I think I just, like, I never... I think it was one of those things where I... You're well, not gaggy enough. I'm not, Well, it's maybe a style. not. It's definitely a style, you and know? I definitely don't do a lot of, like, one-offs or cartoons and stuff. And I feel like all the pitches that I sent them either got lost in the shuffle when they were first yeah. uh, setting up the magazine in L.A., and then I didn't submit a bunch of stuff, and then... I submitted a bunch of stuff, and it was like right before yeah. they stopped publishing stuff. So I think I like missed the. You were on though. a weird bubble because it was when they moved from New York to L.A., and then yep. they got a whole new staff and a whole new everything, yep. and then, uh, then there was even more turnover. Yes. So like you knew the earlier new people, and yep. then there was later new then people. Then there was like contraction, and yeah, yeah, it was just anyway. So that was the one that for the longest time I was like, I would love to be in Mad. It doesn't go. It's not. It's not gone. No, but I don't. Think I mean, it is. Publishing there's a, a there's stuff. there's a question mark, but I think it's more of a pause than a stop for them. That's my sense. And I think that they're still putting out a lot of good art. And I know that I subscribed over the summer to the hard copy to be delivered to my apartment, and it did. It does keep coming. Cool. And there is new stuff in it, no matter what you hear on the news. And I know like Jason Chatfield and Kit Lively, and they're all still doing. They're stuff. all still trucking. That's great. All right. Well, maybe there's still hope. They're for still that doing stuff. Dream. Yeah. Uh, um, Peter Cooper does Spy vs. Spy, uh, Ivan Ellers, mm-hmm. all these great guys. Uh, Peter Cooper does a bunch of stuff for Weekly Humorous now, which is very hey. exciting. It's always kind of like these big deal guys, all these big deal writers come in and you're like, it's flattering that they want to be in something that's like smaller right. than Matt or The right. New Yorker. It's just new. Right. It's definitely smaller and it's so nice to get them. 
I have to do stuff. I need to get you to do more stuff. I know. Well, that's the thing is I'm not doing a ton of short humor these days. So what um, are you doing? Well, I've been doing a lot of uh, narrative podcast stuff. So I've been shopping some shows around. Tell me about podcast developing. Um, I obviously need some help. Have you been <laughs> listening to this show? <laughs> um, I mean, it's basically the way that I've been uh, attacking it is basically the same way that one would pitch like a TV or movie project. So I come up with a pitch. Okay. I bring it into like producers, developers. And you have an agent that helps uh, yeah, you. Yeah, I have this. a manager that helps me with all this So stuff. is the manager associated with a biggie, like a William Morris or a CAA type? No, he's in a small agency called the Arlook Group. Okay. Um, and they do a lot of writers? Uh, yeah, literary agency okay. mostly. Okay. Uh, I think they rep some actors as well, but I think it's... Uh, the guy that I'm working with is a, a lit agent. Um, so, yeah. So, I just, you know, I got my little PowerPoints. I take them in. I do my little dog and pony show. And then if they how like it, I make it. How long are your PowerPoints? Uh, if you don't mind me asking about how long your PowerPoints <laughs> Yeah. Hello. Have we lost people? Or, hey. Oh, no. The numbers are still good. <laughs> um, we just have a huge dial for those of you at home that... Uh, oscillates between they love it and they don't love oh, it. Oh, it just dropped way down. <laughs> they, it's they in the red. Don't want the inside baseball. Negative. Negative. Uh, <laughs> oh, turn it back up. Well, the answer is about 12 slides. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Um, That's not bad. So it's usually like, you know, what is it? What does it sound like? What is it like? Here's some examples of it. Where's the story go? Why it's exciting? Um, and then some stuff about like me and why I'm the one to do it. And what I've done in the past. How I'm special. Totally. Hire me. Please. I'm an oracle for comedy. And then a bunch of slides of my mom just like kind of saying nice things. Yeah. It's usually video slides. Um, so but the yeah. podcast places to pitch to are like Gimlet? Yeah. Because Gimlet, Gimlet got bought by Spotify now. So now Audible, they're Audible. Panoply. Okay. Um, Luminary. Luminary is a biggie, yeah. right? So that's pay subscription to mm -hmm. listen to that's like uh the guys we fucked podcast is on there now i think yep. exclusively so yep. that was a big deal to move from free podcast to totally. luminary podcast totally. and luminary is doing a lot of like limited series kind of stuff yeah which the ideas that i'm pitching are in that realm so yours are like are they story based yeah so are of, they acted it out like are they kind of like uh old-timey radio shows exactly yeah okay. so they like be the more, shadow exactly i love the shadow who knows what looks in the Evil. hearts of men, not the men. shadow knows. <laughs> I love the shadow too because his superpower is just that no one ever has a flashlight. Yeah. Like his whole thing is he's just in the corner. He's there. He's, he's not there, invisible. And everyone's like, "Who goes there? Don't look." And he's right. He's always nearby within earshot, but nobody ever walks over and like grabs him or anything. It's great. His superpower is he's just sneaky and he Very blends sneaky. into the, the into the drapes. He's a chameleon. Yeah. He's a he's a baritone chameleon, um, but yeah, I love the shadow. Uh, Dragnet was originally love a Dragnet. radio show. Yeah, it's all in the public domain too. They're very very wild because they pull them directly from real police reports. Yeah, and they often will not like brush them up for narrative. They'll just kind of present them. So there's all these like dead end scenes where they like talk to a guy and then it doesn't end up having anything to do with the case. Which is kind of cool. It's great. But it is a thing where like you realize you're conditioned to be taking in these stories from like 
a TV procedural. Yeah, that didn't mean anything. Yeah, where you're like, ooh, this is a red herring. Or like, this guy will come back. And it's like, no, he's not. Like, he's just a <laughs> he's dead just end. A guy. <laughs> he's just a guy that they thought, and he's fully not. If you watch the old Dragnets, which they run on, I think it's Cozy TV. And it, that's what I do in the afternoon. And it's, they, they took real police uh, files mm-hmm. and they dramatized them. And a lot of them are very heavy handed with like um, doing drugs. Yes. So it's like LSD and pot. Yep. And it's like someone's jumping out of an eighth story window because they were smoking pot. <laughs> right. And it's really like, you shouldn't be doing drugs. Oh my God, his life is over. Look at his mother crying over his dead body because he smoked the marijuana. <laughs> yeah, they're very didactic. And then it like way. just ends. And yes. That's it. It's yeah. like the moral of the story is don't do drugs. Yeah. Move along. There's also like no... There's one, one of my favorite radio ones is there's a guy who wants to break his brother out of prison. So he shows up to a police station with a bomb um, and like kind of walks in and like sits there with the bomb. And he's like, I'm not leaving until you release my brother. And it's a thing where like... Not a great exit plan. No, not at all. (laughs) It's like, uh, how are you going to leave the situation with your brother at this point? And the whole thing is they don't like... I feel like if that happened today, they would immediately lock it down. There'd be like snipers everywhere. It would be like a totally militarized response. But in this, they like talk Talk. to him. They talk. And at some point, somebody like sneaks around the outside of the building to try to like get in a window like behind him and grab him. Um, or like grab the bomb, but it's, yeah. it's never a thing where they're like, oh, we'll just shoot him. Right. Um, and then the ending sequence is really fun in audio because they end up, somebody ends up with the bomb in a bucket and goes down an elevator and then like throws it into the street. And the sequence of them, love the guy running, like narrating the thing ham fistedly being like, it's going to go off. It's going to go off. And then he's in the elevator. And it's like five, four. Three and then two, and you hear the ding, and it opens, and he like runs out and throws it. It's and then everybody outside gets it. Everybody outside. Well, it's like a small bomb. It was like the fifties. It couldn't. Well, actually, they can make them pretty damn big. Actually, yeah. if history serves. Right. Um. Anyway. But the whole thing was like this. Uh, the stakes just feel lower. Yeah. Um. There's a lot less guns. A lot less guns. Yeah. It's amazing how if you watch the old uh, shows, you watch like old Magnum PIs or old Dragnets or old like anything. They have guns, but they're not constantly using the guns. Yeah, and they're not going for them first You know, thing. I mean, it's, even in the A-team, no one got shot in the A-team. They were only <laughs> shooting at the car's wheels. <laughs> when they were shooting at each other, it was always at your wheels. <laughs> they never actually shot anybody. No, People's cars flipped over, and you assumed that maybe they got injured. Yeah. But they, they weren't, like, decapitated. Cut or on blo- the face. Right. Yeah. Like, oh, my God, I got to have a bloody nose because of you, Hannibal. <laughs> and, but now it's like, there's so much. It's all guns. It's all Everything's guns. guns. It's all guns. But the tires... The tires are safe. Yeah, no one's blowing out people's tires anymore. <laughs> yeah. It's so boring. Um, yeah, anyway, so... Uh, so how many podcasts are you doing? What's the process of doing that? Uh, are you going to be... I mean, like, is it still the hot time to be selling podcasts? I think so. I mean, my manager tells me. Um, <laughs> so I'm still going for it. Um, I, I worked on one uh, last year for Gimlet that uh, didn't end up working out because of the Spotify acquisition. But I ended up writing the full thing, and that was like... And now can you sell that? Uh, I still technically own it, yeah. Okay. Um, I think there's like a buyout clause. But um, but yeah, so that's like, I wrote like a full season of a thing, which is really fun. What's the what's the theme of the things you're writing? Are they mysteries? Are they, you know, what are they? So that one was like a parody of a spy thriller thing. Okay. So it was like, um, 
like a Jean Le Carre style thing from the 50s yeah. where a guy, this is why I was listening to a lot of drag that was, it was an FBI agent who ends up getting like embroiled in a uh, puppet theater that's a front for a Cuban communist revolutionary group and like hilarity ensues. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so that was really fun. That was like a seven episode thing. Um, and then I've been working on a thing for Audible that is still in development, but hopefully we'll start writing it soon. And that's like a political comedy thing. When you write stuff and, and you write it for like an Audible, is it you by yourself writing this or do you then get a team to it write de- with? It de- I think it'll depend on the thing. With Audible, I'm working with some other people on it. but Do they assign you the people? Um, or that- do you get to pick your team? Uh, in this case, no. This was like some the people that I was pitching to ended okay. up working with me. Oh, on that's it, cool. Which is great. Yeah. yeah, it's been really fun. Um, and then yeah, and then the one that I'm pitching now is like a parody project. Um, Very cool. Yeah, which will be really fun. People love the comedy. People love to laugh. They do. People love to laugh. And how long is a podcast episode? When you do an episode, when uh, you look, you're going for an hour. No, no, no. Much less. Yeah, I think. Uh, the the spy thing no none of the scripts are longer than like 35 34 pages okay so they were like sitcom length okay um it because you look at other places like now taste. like quibi or any of these other new we're buying media yeah they want stuff they want 11 minute shows yeah i mean i think that's kind of where it's headed and they want to spend a ton of money on 11 minute shows yeah I mean, okay, like you've been trying to put together stuff that's like a half hour or more and trying to make money and you you have all these people on it and you're like, oh, this is good. And then all of a sudden everyone's like, you know what? We just want 11 minutes. Can you do that? Uh, It's like, yeah, I got tons of those. Feels like the adult swim model too, where everything's like the sort of like quarter block. Yeah. The quarter TV block. But, you know, I don't hate it. Our attention spans are gone. Totally. Totally. It's like you want to get someone to watch a show in between checking the Instagram (laughs) notifications. Yes. Yeah, when they're bouncing back yeah. and forth between apps while they yeah. go to sleep. It's like, okay, I check my Instagram. Before I check my Facebook, I'm going to watch this 11-minute show. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, we got their attention for a whole 11 minutes. <laughs> Gold. Yeah. And you got to get the ads in there, too. So you're really only writing, you know, five minutes of stuff. Because <laughs> you got the pre-roll, the mid-roll, and the end-roll. So. A good two and a half minutes of content. Yeah. Great stuff. A couple tweets. Sure. And we're out. Done. Um... But yeah, it's been fun. It's been like an interesting thing to to learn how to write. I've been reading a lot of plays. This entire podcast would be a seven episode arc. (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna hack this up into three minute bites over the next six months. And just this show, (laughs) good for a year. When we come back, James talks about his love of Dragnet and the Shadow. This is sponsored by Cartoon Collections. Previously on. And then it's like three minutes of recap of what we just did. Oh, yeah. Two minutes of actual stuff, then an ad, then what's happening next episode. Baby, you got it. This is going to be... This is a franchise. I can milk this episode of Talkward for the next year. <laughs> just just a year of James Folta, the interview. Oh, my God. The people will revolt. Look at that red bar. It's all the way over. We can do this until Halloween 2020. <laughs> Come back and see if I finally have a costume. He's grown a costume in the studio in the time. <laughs> he's knitted a costume in the time he's been gone. Um, that's exciting. Yeah, so working on that. Working yeah. on some longer projects. Um, working on the festival. So, so the I... people need to get um, they need to get information about the festival. They need to get on your newsletter. Is that right? Uh, yes. Yeah, so if they, people go to satireandhumor.com, we got to sign up right there. 
um, and, and you'll get notifications pushed right to you. Right to you. Yeah. You got to opt in. You got to opt in, baby. Is that the MailChimp? You got to opt in. We got a MailChimp. I love the MailChimp. MailChimp's great. Love it. It's, it's a great. beautiful little back end. So easy. Yeah. It's so be- beautiful. And, and they then have good people, design options, Can people too. buy Satire and Humor uh, books still? The, the merch? Uh, not off of the website, but if you come to the... If you come to the events, we have notebooks for sale. I like the notebooks. They're nice notebooks. They're very and you'd nice. be doing us a favor by buying a couple. They're like they're uh, crowding up Caitlin's apartment. They're like the moleskin. Yes. Yeah, they're nice. Yeah, those are really They're nice. really nice. And they got our logo on the front, which is very snazzy. We'll yep. be bringing some to Chicago. Yep. Um, the Windy City. The Windy City. Get some deep dish Chicago style pizza. I'm going for those hot dogs, my man. I yeah. do not like the pizza. It's tomato pie. It's and very tomatoey. Very tomatoey. Yeah. I love a tomato. I love a pizza, but. It's mushy. It's, it's like some, soggy. It's soggy. It's soggy pizza. And when it gets cold, it's like, it's no good. Have you been to Chicago a bunch? I have. My sister lives there. Um, so I visited Delightful. her a bunch. It's really great. I do love it. November is going to be uh, probably starting to get pretty cold. It's snowing there today. Really? Yeah. Um, so I'm thinking we in a month we might be, we might be bundling up. It's going to be cold. Yeah. But it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Getting to see my sister. Yeah. Um, getting to see your cats. You've been doing the uh, A Night of Humorous Readings for how many years? Five years? Six. Six years? Well, almost Once six. a month. It'll be six in March. How yeah. many shows is that? Six. Twelve shows times six? Six, yeah. Does anybody know? I don't know. Hold I'm on. so fucking bad at math. So everybody at home has to just take, just take a quick second f- to check your Instagram notifications. And we're tr- going to be right back. Truly. And it's 12 times 6. Everybody's going to... It's 72 shows 72 you've done. 72 shows. I just got that off the top of my head. Just 72. I'm very fast with the math. Great. Um, so, yeah. Nearly 72 shows. Yeah. It'll be 72 in March. Okay. So we're probably uh, in the 60s. And you have about four to five readers each time? Three. So three readers, three hosts, three readers. Okay, so six. Sometimes total. we do four. Okay. For our anniversary shows, we'll do like bigger ones. And mm-hmm. for the last show, we did a special celebration for Ryan Conk's book that just came out. Ryan's two book, days ago. I also got. It is wonderful. It's a, so funny. It's a build your own holiday romance movie mm-hmm. book. Um, it's fun to promote people we know's books. I love it. It's been a good year for that, too. Like, Caitlin and all of the Belladonna editor, uh, they had a great book, New Erotica for Feminists, which is still on sale. People should go buy that for the holidays. I got it for my sister. It's great. Um, and then uh, Emily Flake, Emily Flake has, has a new, new book, book um, The Art of the Awkward Hug, mm-hmm. I believe it is. Um, and I that was a great book. I went to the book party for that. Wonderful book. Um, Kira Jane Buxom, who is a comedy oh. writer. She's just of the New Yorker, Belladonna, Weekly Humorous. She's very good. She has a, a book called uh, Hollow Kingdom, uh, oh, which is a animal viewpoint uh, post-apocalyptic comedy. Hmm. The back of the book, it says, it's um, Life of Pets meets Walking Dead. Whoa. Secret Life of Pets meets Walking Dead. That's a hell and, of an um, Yeah, and she's out in Seattle, but she had a book event on Saturday this past week, and I, I popped in to, to meet her. It's like, oh, you meet man. all these, you, you know them online, right? Yeah. So with this whole writing community, you yeah. know people kind of as their avitars, and then you finally um, you finally meet them in person, and it's exciting. That's and then the I published, I didn't things. write a book. I published a book for Humorist Books. Two of my writers, Andy Newton and Michael Blyker, made a book, uh, wrote a wonderful book um, from the campaign trail or thereabouts, and... 
that's really exciting to it's put out a really book. It's really good. Yeah. Everyone needs to go buy that book. It's uh, on Amazon and at weeklyhumorishop.com. It is a political satire road trip comedy book taking place during the 2016 election. We sent you one. Yep. You're halfway through it. Uh, like three quarters, I would say. Good enough. It's great. Um, and I met Andy when I first met you, when you had that party yeah. years and years ago. Yeah. And I remember talking to Andy and being like, what's going on? He's like, oh, I'm trying to... I'm trying to write this book. He was writing this novel. Yeah. And uh, it's an exciting process. Would it's you want to cool. write a book? I think so. I'm working on, I'm sort of in fits and spurts working on a pitch at the moment. Um, would you write a novel or would it be a, a bunch of short form humor things? The one that I'm thinking about now would be like a short form thing. Um, but Like a collection? Eh, not a collection per se. I mean, collecting. Is there anything you've written? That's already out there on McSweeney's or a points in case or wherever that you then could build from to build to write a book. That's kind of what like I'm. Is trying. there a premise out there that you have already done that you could make into a book? That's what I'm trying to think about because I think that would be like the. the you sort have like of, a top five that you're like this could maybe be a book. This could maybe be a book. Maybe I wouldn't. The thing is, I wouldn't want to do like a like a best of James Folta thing. Yeah. I think I'd want to find some that have some sort of thematic thread and then find a way to build on that. I feel like um, I was reading through an older piece that you had done for Weekly Humorist that was about White House um, handyman Oh, the stuff. handyman tips, yeah. But I think something like that where it's a tips, the yeah. premise is tips. Yeah. It's like this, this tips. So the premise is very broad, but it's very specific to tips. Right. And that could be like a like something something book of tips, like or, an advice. Yeah, sort of like thing. helpful hints yeah, about handymanning or something yeah. like that. That could be good. The whole thing is a satirical look at something, something yeah. about fixing these things, and in the description of fixing them, it's the joke is obviously there. Right. That so could I, work. I'm helping you write your That's book great. right here. I'm writing it down. Write it down. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm been kind of thinking about that. Um, I do. There's a bunch of stuff that I've run on uh, points in case um, that is available as like a James Fulton is the managing editor of points in case. Ding. Yeah, that's me. So if you're sending What's emails, the slogan? To points is in there case, a, like a sub slogan? Uh, of points in case? Oh, yes, there, there is. is one. It's um, I think it's like smart, irreverent comedy. Yeah. Let me look it up. Actually, oh, that's this is embarrassing. It really you. is. <laughs> I never have to say it out loud. Enlightening and irreverent comedy articles. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I like. I truly have never been called upon to produce that information. <laughs> that's hilarious. Um. Uh, damn. Yeah. That's well. I'm. I've just. And been, how that's. I've just been, been doing fired. that for like two years, right? For about two years now. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, how, how's that going? You enjoy that? It's been great. Yeah. I love. I think. Um, I don't know how you feel about it, but I, I love editing. I think it's. I think it's helpful. For my own writing process, it's definitely um, a different skill, but it's a really great way to meet a lot of people. Yeah. I think that was one of the big motivators behind the festival, too, is like a way to bring yes. people together. It's and really get fun to from, meet people in yeah. person. And, you know, I, it, I like to go to a Night of Humorous Readings or a Great Week for Women or any of these things. Or your show, Guaranteed Delivery. Guaranteed Delivery. This Tuesday, November 5th, free, 8 o'clock, 110 Wall Street. Great lineup. Kate Villa, who's uh, part of the Great Week. I saw her in the elevator, yeah. Really? Yeah, they got posters in the elevator. Oh, you saw her up her face, yeah. (laughs) Kate's not in the elevator. There's a picture of Kate in the elevator. And and, uh, it's fun to actually meet these people and, and... 
Also, like Jason Chaffield from uh, The New Yorker, he's a Mad Magazine uh, cartoonist. He has a show um, I'm going to on Saturday. But these are shows that I'll go to by myself. And I don't have to worry about going by myself because I know that there'll be friendly faces there. So, like, I went to a thing. I went to a McSweeney's event uh, that Mike Sachs was at at Books or Magic. And I didn't know anyone going in, but I just knew I would. I didn't really care. And I went in, and uh, Emma Brewer and Colin Heasley were just there. They're like, hey, right. Marty. I'm like, hey, guys. Amazing. And I just got to hang out with them for the night, which yeah. is great. So fun. And that, it, at, any, at any of these events, you can just walk in, and it's, you're going to see a, a friendly face, and yeah. you're going to have someone to hang out with. Or at least somebody that you know from Twitter. Yeah. And then it's like you can make that connection. It's right. really fun. So I think that's what's been satisfying about, um, about editing is like I'm meeting a lot of new people. Um, I'm being introduced to a lot of new people through their writing, through yeah. looking at their work. Um, and it's just fun to like be a part of building something and helping to facilitate something yeah. within this like broader And I feel and like this community. comedy community is growing very quickly. Yes. Yeah. And it, it's a lot of it is this online humor class from uh, from Caitlin from the Second City Training mm-hmm. Center, right? Yeah. And like Brooke Preston teaches it and now Ryan's teaching it. Yep. And it's it's developing talent from all across um, the world or any, anywhere that has an internet connection, really. They yeah. can tap into this and learn how to do a really effective class on how to do short form humor yep. writing. Totally. And then, but then in, the, in that process, you end up meeting the people that you're in class with and you end up meeting all these fun people. Yep. So, you know, like Isabel Yates and Kiki O'Keefe and Jonathan Apelic. All these people are just like fixtures now in the New York yeah. humor writing. So you just see yeah. them everywhere. It's that great. Is, it's great. And they're starting their own shows and they're starting yeah. their own publications. Yeah. And like, it's just, yeah, it feels nice to be able to be um, in a space that's like incubating, bringing people together, yeah. like publishing people. Um, I really get, I really just enjoy being like a part of it um, and being able to, yeah, like be able to be on the ground to help people. Yeah. And, and publish people's stuff. And Court, who runs Points and Case, is like uh, so funny and so cool. And he's an Atlanta guy. And he yeah. like found me in New York. Um, and now whenever he comes up, there's like tons of people to introduce him to. It's just been really fun yeah. to be able to like be more of an on the ground presence for the site. Which yeah. has been, I mean, I think it's going to be our 20 year anniversary in 2020. That's so it's a been long around time. for a long time. Yeah, that's yeah. been around since like the internet. Totally. <laughs> It <laughs> got big. Yeah. Is it like 99? No. It would be 2010, right? Or no. Yeah, 1990. No, not 1990. What the fuck? Why am I so bad at math? Is it 2000? Two th- no, yeah, 2000. Because 2020. Jesus Christ. Yeah. 2020 minus 20. Yeah. 2000. It's okay. I have a calculator right here. It's very uh, helpful. You're I broke well. my own brain. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So it sounds like you're very busy. I'm keeping busy. What do you have for an awkward story for me? Um, I need something uncomfortable. Something uncomfortable. What's happened to you recently that you screwed up? What's happened to me recently that I've screwed up? Um, God, I'm trying to think. I. It feels like egomaniacal to not have an answer for Do you this. have any good... Um, I'm a doofus because this happened with my girlfriend story. Maybe not. Oh, not really. We're pretty. We're in a. We're in a pretty good spot. You guys are so bored. <laughs> yeah. No, I just like. You're so cute. It's not a cute, cute couple. It's not cute. I mean, we are a cute couple, but it's. Um, I'm trying to think like what I've done recently that's screwy. Um. Okay. Well. Actually, so I recently, I was in Texas over this past weekend. Wow, um, Texas. Yeah. 
and I went to uh, uh, Fort Worth, where my girlfriend Casey's from, and we're okay. visiting her family, right. hanging out. It was very fun. Um, and everyone is like big. Her and all of her friends are big, like UT Austin people. So they're okay. all. Is that Longhorns? Yeah, the okay. Longhorns. And their thing is, yeah, hook 'em horns. Hook 'em horns. But yeah. I keep mixing it up and saying hang 'em horns. Oh. Um, which is a thing that some people find charming. Mm. Uh, and sort of like, you know, I'm sort of a doofus Yankee. He's from New York. Yeah. But some people do not think is funny at no. all. Um, and I don't think I realized this. Maybe that's something like, that Texas tech people say to like make fun of. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. See, I don't even, I didn't even remember that that's the big rival. Yeah. I'm just sort of like, I'm sort of in over my head when it comes to college uh, football. Yeah. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, it's, it kind of got me into some hot water. So you a few said points. hang them horns. I said hang them horns. I did the thing. I did, did it right. Thing. I did the little hand thing right. Um, That's funny. Yeah, it was, you know, it's it's one of those things that like really ultimately isn't a huge deal. But yeah. when you're in front of your girlfriend's friends and family and you're sort of like, I'm, I'm good. I'm the good one. And you can't even get simple little catchphrases for their favorite stuff, right? It's okay. I'm sure behind your back, they, they were like, he's trying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah. got some of that. A hundred percent. He's trying. A lot of sympathy. Look at that effort he's a putting in. A lot of sympathy. Lot of effort. Um, you know, met a bunch of like true proper ranchers. Had to cool. make sure my handshake Did you get, like, was uh, like, like on a, tight. Oh, yeah. You need a good yeah. handshake. I And I fortunately do. The what, My one saving grace with like when I interact with real men is the fact that I use... <laughs> Is the fact that I used to work construction, so I can like swap some like building stories, yeah, um, and talk about you know <laughs> specifics about that, and then I can go back to my like short story collection <laughs> and like, oh, that's actually a droll idea for a New Yorker piece. <laughs> what was that? You wrangle cattle for a living? <laughs> I'm your a hand- fancy lad. <laughs> yeah, your hands are huge. <laughs> so leathery. Yes. I had to do a lot of explaining about like the bands that the pins I was wearing were, which is always oh, a little degrading. yeah. You have like a you have like a jacket that has pins. Yeah, I got a, my little rocker jacket. You have a pin jacket. Yeah, it's like very a, nice. Some some punk bands, um, but yeah, it's uh, it was a fun trip, but there was a lot of like, okay, and then the age old thing of you cannot take me to karaoke. I am the most miserable. We went out for karaoke oh, one you night, did. and I was like. I can. I really do not like karaoke. I love karaoke. Really? Yeah. What is it about it? Try get to me like, some, sell me. Get me some Huey Lewis in the news. Get me some. Sure. You know. But you like those songs, right? Yeah. When they're sung by professionals. No. So why oh, would you yeah. want to hear them by amateurs? Um, I you know I. F- if they, if it's good karaoke, like there are places you go and it's like the people yeah. that do it are good. Right. Like it's good. Like there was a place that's now closed called the Old Carriage Inn in huh. Brooklyn, and oh, it was the like piano guy. It was like a towny bar. No, it was like a shithole dump. It looked like a. It was a very. It looked kind of like. It looked like a Jersey bar, hmm. like a Jersey sports bar. It was like a Giants and Jets bar, hmm. and it had these big inflatable football players outside, and it just like. Didn't fit in Park Slope, kind of at all. Not to be snobby, but it's like this has been here for a really long time. Right. And the people that all hung out there would be there all day, and you're like, where? Like, where? Where do these guys live? Like, they they don't live here. There, they live there. I think they live in the inside bar. the inflatable men. But they had uh, karaoke on Thursdays and Saturday nights. But this place had like a fryo later. It was like old school Whoa. shit bar, pool table on the back. It was just like a dingy old place that that never changed. Like it was obviously a time capsule. Like this right. place has been here since. I don't know, 50s, and it never, ever changed from the 50s, yeah. and it's, which is kind of cool and charming. 
And um, they had amazing karaoke. The guy that did the karaoke had this long mullet, like this long, long right. mullet, right? Jeans, everything, great mullet, you know, f- open shirt. And he had the sweetest, you know, rock of ages voice. Great. And it was super popular karaoke spot, but everybody would, would, who would go up there was so good. Hmm. Like you were intimidated to go. I was intimidated to go up there and, and sing my Huey Lewis in the news because <laughs> the guys who were up there, everything looked you know, like like shitty dive bar, but then they get up there and have voices of angels. Amazing. And they're like, wow, this is crazy. Amazing. And then it closed. Sure. Yeah, their voices were too good. But if you do um, if you do some of the, I mean, I think Arlene's Grocery had a thing where it was like, it was like karaoke in front of a live rock band. That oh, is cool. Oh, yes. So I like have you have a that. band yeah. playing behind you. It's yeah. Just, you feel amazing. You feel like a rock star. There's a bunch of guys. Did you ever see um, Two Minutes to Late Night? The uh, No. It's a, it's, very good. It's a late night show hosted by a metal, like a black metal singer oh, cool. named Guarsenio Hall. Um, they're super funny dudes. They're like really in the metal and punk scene and they just do a show for that, a late night show for that scene. Very funny. Yeah. Very good. Inside baseball, but also accessible. It's like really great. Yeah. Um, and a bunch of those guys and some people affiliated with that show would do a pop punk live band karaoke. Where they do like Blink One Eighty Two yeah. songs, all that stuff, um, and that was I went to that one time. That sounds great. I and love that, that was fun. Yeah, sing but I didn't some, sing. She's lump. She's lump. She's in my head. Oh yes, the presidents of the United States of America. <laughs> yeah. Everybody, they might no. have it. Who knows? They definitely have yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, I just like I kind of get grumpy when I'm at karaoke because you know, especially as it gets later and you want to get, get up there and read some short form humor. That's I would what love you to. Do. I'd love to be invited. Someone <laughs> could think about it next time. Well, uh, Jonathan Appel's doing kind of like an open mic. Yeah. For short form, have you humor. been? I've been to both of them. I haven't been. They keep on. I keep on having a schedule conflict where every time he has it, I'm either out of town or I'm already at something that mm. I'm like I'm running. Ah, gotcha. So I think the next one. I can go to, so I'm excited to go yeah, to it. Yeah, it's really fun. Yeah. It's um, very crowded. I feel like it's... Very crowded. Yeah, yeah, it's like a proper kind of like open mic thing. Yeah. Um, you sign up ahead of time, you yeah. get time to read one piece. But it's another thing where it's just like, as soon as you walk in, you're like, oh, everyone I know is here. Yeah. Um, and it's very fun. And it's a great place to like workshop newer stuff yeah. or newish stuff. Yeah. Um, in front of a, in front of a crowd and not feel like you're wasting. Yeah you know your show your show time on on untested material right um i've had a blast i read a new piece last time that is i'm like very excited about that's cool and i got some great feedback from it it was like it was a really wonderful show um and jonathan is a really supportive kind host yeah which i think is like key for that and he's super talented like very funny he's running the show he's doing all this effort to put this all together yes and you know he's a new yorker guy you know he's around he's doing the thing putting it up getting things published He's great. Yeah, it's a great scene here in New York. Everybody listening, yeah, you gotta come to New York. This is where all the subs happen. Come visit and you come know? next March. Come next March. Last weekend in March is the Satire and Humor Festival. Also go to Chicago at the end of November. Check yeah. that out. We'll put the links to all that in this. Um, but go to satireandhumor.com to yes. sign up for that alert. Follow James Folta. What's your Twitter? I am at James Folta. Verified. Simple and easy. I am verified. Verified. He's a verified account. Don't you have to know trust how. everything he says. It's all uh, true. And uh, this is fun. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween, man. Yeah, thanks for the hat. I have candy here for you, too. I have Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. I got stuff. Right. Get to have a little sugar. Right 
Uh, thanks for listening. I'm Marty Dundix, editor-in-chief of Weekly Humorous Magazine. Please visit us online at weeklyhumorous.com and follow us on uh, Twitter at Weekly Humorous and at TalkWord Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Cartoon Collections. Go to cartooncollections.com for all of your cartoon licensing and gift needs. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Good to see you, everyone. Good to see you. Thanks for listening to Talk Word. Please subscribe, follow us, and visit weeklyhumorist.com. This episode of Talk Word is sponsored by Cartoon Collections. For any kind of licensing, use, gifts, presentations, textbooks, and more, all of your cartoon needs can be met at cartooncollections.com. The top cartoonists in the world from the biggest publications in the world all in one place. Cartooncollections.com.